Welcome to the Radical Remission Project Stories That Heal podcast. My name is Kelly A. Turner, and I'm a PhD cancer researcher, New York Times bestselling author of Radical Remission and Radical Hope, and the founder of the Radical Remission Project. In this podcast, it is our honor to bring you inspiring healing stories directly from radical remission survivors themselves, as well as from the amazing doctors and healers they work with. Hello, and welcome to the Stories That Heal podcast. This is Liz, and today Carla and I are excited to welcome our special guest, Dr. Henning Salpa. Dr. Salpa is a medical director of the Arcadia Clinic, Germany's leading clinic for integrative and holistic cancer treatments. With more than 30 years of clinical experience, he is the author of the book, Holistic Cancer Medicine, and a renowned speaker at international integrative and complementary cancer conferences. Hello, Dr. Henning. We're so thrilled to have you here with us today. Hello, Liz. Hello, Carla. I am excited and thank you for giving me the opportunity to get to know your audience and to speak a little bit about holistic cancer treatments today. We are so happy to have you here. And uh, we know you've been a kind of a friend of radical remission for so many years, and we can't wait to share you with our audience. Um, can you share to start off with how the radical remission healing factors play an, an influence you in your practice? Well, when I when I read about Dr. Kelly Turner's book uh, when it came out uh, to the market and and read it through, I was thrilled to read a summary of the factors that I believed mattered the most in healing processes of of our patients, and I I've understood that this is the final proof or the next step of a proof for what I learned in the early 2000s from one of my dear teachers, the late Dr. Carl Simonton, who was a pioneer in psycho-oncology and the radio-oncologist from Los Angeles who published his books in the late 70s, Getting Well Again and on the Healing Journey, where he as a visioner believed that there must be healing factors um, involved in patient stories that survived cancer against all odds that he uh, witnessed as a radio oncologist in Los Angeles and that eventually changed his life and his career completely from being a radio oncologist, giving radiotherapy to patients to becoming a pioneer in the world of psycho immunology and psycho-oncology. So I got to know him in person in the year 2000, and I was his student for many years when he came to Germany and, and held his workshops. And here there is the book um, 15 years later that proved that all what all that what Carl Simonton, Dr. Carl Simonton um, brought in his books are healing factors with um, a, a scientific proof. Uh, so that was a fascinating moment when I realized that now we have uh, a book like Kelly Turner's book about uh, these healing factors and we can share that with our patients and tell them, listen, um, your mindset matters uh, a lot. And of course, the biggest um, positive surprise was that it is not only food and integration of biological herbs and supplements, but that uh, six of nine factors were actually emotional, spiritual, mental, psychological aspects. And, and 
to have the proof in my hands was a wonderful experience that I, ever since I started to read the book myself, shared with my patients. Um, it's, it's a must read for everybody that comes to our clinic. And, and uh, it's, it's one of the best uh, motivating books that I know of um, to show our patients that there is much more than biological treatments with biological anti-cancer drugs like vitamin C, turmeric, green tea extract, mistletoe, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And and so um, I was I was so happy uh, to to see the book and to read the book. And as I said, ever ever since I I made that um, discovery, I share it with my patients. So we really appreciate um, that you found the book and love the book and recommend it to your patients. But you also have a book now that's very exciting, Holistic Cancer Medicine, Integrative Strategies for a New Approach to Health and Healing. And I'm really interested in you detail what you call the vital field with its 12 elements. And um, some of them overlap the 10 healing factors of radical remission that, you know, we're from nine now to 10 with the new book, Radical Hope. But anyway, um, we won't have time to dig into each of your 12 elements in the vital field. So I want to list them out real quick. And then I'm going to ask you to tell us a little bit more detail about one of them. So each of those 12, inflammation control, detoxification, a healthy and balanced diet, taking in fresh water oxygen saturation, healthy intestinal flora, stress and relaxation being in balance, blood sugar balance, immune system, strong mitochondrial function, harmonious acid-base balanced, and strong defense against infections. So some of those are familiar to those of us with cancer, right, that are on a journey. We've heard a lot about blood sugar and inflammation and immunity and, and those things. I would love to hear a little bit more about the mitochondrial function. Well, that's a perfect example that gives us a bridge to understand the concept of um, traditional ancient philosophies around medicine and cutting edge modern science. Uh, let me start by mentioning that all the traditional medicinal systems and philosophies behind think about traditional Chinese medicine, Indian medicine, Ayurvedic medicine um, is energy medicine. The key concept is to balance the body's energies. Call it Qi if you speak uh, uh, Chinese, call it Prana if you speak Sanskrit, Old Indian language. It's about the balance of power and the flow, the flux of vitality, vital energy through our body. And if you ask a modern scientist um, in the field of cancer research, cancer cell research, what cancer is about, you might get the answer that cancer is a mitochondrial disease um, where the essential impairment of the cell function is a loss of vitality in these energy producing units that we call mitochondria. To our audience, the ones who are not um, biologists or medical doctors, mitochondria are tiny little units that we have billions of inside our body, in our cells. And inside these mitochondria, the organs of, of our cells, we produce the energy from the food we eat and the air we breathe. 
And the waste products are water that we have to excrete and carbon dioxide that we have to exhale. So the, the mitochondria are the tiny little energy units in our cells. And yes, cancer is a, is a mitochondrial disease. It's a simplification to call cancer a mitochondrial disease, but it's absolutely correct if you use the terms of a modern cell biologist. And that means a cancer cell is a life form, we can call it a emergency life form that the cells goes into if there is a, a substantial lack of energy and has been so for uh, a long period of time. So a shorter energy crisis can be survived in the regular cell uh, life form that we call the, um, the, the, uh, the, the, the healthy life form that uses oxygen to maintain the healthy metabolism. But when um, certain factors keep on damaging the, the, uh, the healthy metabolism of a cell, the cell has two chances or two choices. It can either go into cell death and die immediately, or it can switch on an emergency life form that we call cancer life form uh, with about an 18th of the cellular energy available compared to a healthy cell. And that damage um, that, that, is, um, that we find inside cancer cells is a damage of the mitochondria. So of these tiny little energy plants that um, cells have many hundreds of. Some cells have up to 1,000 mitochondria, germ cells like testicle cells or ovarian cells. Heart cells have also around 1,000 mitochondria per cell. And um, so cancer is a mitochondrial disease. This is the title of, of books that have been published on the subject or titles of articles that you can find in science or nature, the world's most prestigious uh, scientific journals. Um, and cancer is described as a phenomenon of a cell that suffers from a substantial energy deficiency. At the same time, we can learn that inside the, the mitochondria, this energy production is about the, the flow of biochemical reactions. And if you go deeper and ask the biochemist, tell me more about this flow of biochemical reactions. What is it about uh, the so-called Krebs cycle? There was a scientist called Krebs who gave his name to this metabolic cycle uh, that describes how we produce energy in our mitochondria. Um, the answer from a modern scientist would be, uh, it's all about a flow of electrons. Inside the mitochondria, there is a constant flow of electrons that gives rise to the phenomenon of life, that gives rise to, to the production of the cell's most important energy carrier molecule that is called ATP, adenosine triphosphate, which is the, the, the energy carrier for every life function our cells um, need and or do or express. And so the essence of the impairment is a loss of the flow of electrons. So what is an electron? An electron is a, a small unit of energy. It has no mass. It's not material. It's pure energy. And this is where I connect to the um, ancient wisdom of uh, health is a flow of prana, of chi, of living energy. And a modern cell biologist tells us the same thing, healthy mitochondrial uh, uh, activity or met metabolic activity in a, in a mitochondria is about the flow of life, the flow about, of immaterial electrons. So we can almost say the flow of electrons is a modern word for what the older cultures called the flow of prana or the flow of chi, it's the same. So that makes cancer a disease that expresses a loss of life energy, a loss of vitality. 
And now we can study everything that raises the flow of energy in our body or that diminishes the flow of energy in our body. And that is exactly what I found in the literature, what I read the last 20 years, that everything that impairs the flow of vital energy inside my body, inside my cells or in the mitochondria, if we go to the smallest units, adds a risk factor to my life to develop cancer sooner or later. So one of the key messages of my book is that cancer is a very complex, multifaceted disease that is the expression of a loss of flow of vital energy. And that opens a door to understand why so many therapies can be of a benefit to somebody suffering from cancer. I do not say or claim that all of these therapies have the potential to cure cancer, but I say they can add a substantial benefit to the life of somebody who lives or suffers from cancer, lives with or suffers from cancer. So all the, the therapies that aim at vitalizing the body from yoga to massages to sauna treatments to healthy lifestyle and, and workouts and, and physical activity um, bring more oxygen and more energy and more blood flow into our body and enliven the um, activity of our mitochondria. So. Another wow. take home message is whatever you do that that raises the vitality of your mitochondria will reduce the risk factors of your life to develop cancer or if you live with cancer will reduce the aggressivity of cancer cells inside your body. That's amazing. I love that. So I got this nailed. I'm good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but so so things like what makes you feel vital? What gives you um, juice? What makes your life flow and and all of that is really helping to rebuild that mitochondrial function yeah and isn't that the core message of kelly turner's 10 health factors if yeah. we look at them one after the other they all have to do with the flow of vitality with the flow of joy and emotions and with the flow of, of biological activities too with healthy food and and food supplements that that help us to to uh, overcome the the toxic, uh, um, the toxic burden, the toxic problems that we are exposed to. We live in a in a world that is not free of toxins any longer. So we have to do our best to get along with the toxicity that we have produced the last hundred years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, so um, I I would love to kind of shift a little bit to another part of your book where you say um, that healthy is something that we always become, as it is able to be gained every day. And I love this because it feels like it gives each of us a new start every time we wake up. Do you want to elaborate on that uh, perspective? Yes, for for the sure. Audience? Yes. Yeah. So <clears throat> um, very important, very core idea in my understanding of what life is about and how we can maintain health and what we can add to the life of somebody who suffers from chronic disease. We're never done. The, it's the nature of, of, of the human being to be infinite, to be never done and never in a position where, where we can say, now we have health, we have it in our hands and now we don't need to care for it any longer. No, the opposite is true. We need to every day develop our instincts for what is good for me today? What do I need to, to do or to get to my, to my, into my system in order to make the best out of today? So it's a continuous process. And this is also very important for everybody who has been told a certain prognosis. I tell my patients, please, please, you have to believe, you have to acknowledge the diagnosis, but don't believe the prognosis because you are not 
you're not a, a statistic, a number, you are an individual and it's, it's to a certain extent in your hands was ha what happens with you carrying this disease. And that is, again, this aspect of, of not being finite as a, as a human being. I can change my life today if I'm decided. I can change my diet. I can change my habits to start to be more physically active. I can change my mindset, and, and which is not always simple or easy, but it's definitely doable. Uh, I can learn to suppress to, to let go suppressed emotions and to express suppressed emotions i can learn how to um, improve my my way of creating happy experiences and feeling happiness more than what i allowed to do in my my life before the diagnosis i can change my my attitude towards people who have insulted me who have done something that i didn't like in my in my life i can start to forgive in a in a new way i can learn that so i can make so many many changes that will definitely change my prognosis so no statistics knows what I'm able to do. And that's why I tell my patients, don't accept the limitations of a prognosis, but become your own prognosis. You change it and you have the ability to, to make the best out of your life. Um, and that is what I encourage my patients. And Edward Kelly Turner's work helps me a lot to do when I give them the book on the way um, to their rooms or back home um, so that they continue to be active. I love that you're sharing the book uh, while they're while they're in your clinic. It's it's uh, a huge compliment. But uh, to your point about um, you know accept the the diagnosis but not the prognosis. I I love that it's just an incredible statement. Um, but also the empowerment of taking these lifestyle changes and knowing that you know, everybody has something different to change, right? And there's, as you've, as you've mentioned, uh, so many different ways to approach it. And it can be overwhelming sometimes for people when, you know, the people that we work with, they, they don't know, they want to do all the factors immediately. And we always say, you really have to just take one step at a time. And what's the one for you that you feel right, right now um, needs to be addressed. And, um, and, taking it slow, but also consistently committing every day, again, to your, your quote of, you know, waking up every day is a new day, every day is a fresh start to take the lead in adopting one of those. And, you know, in the end, changing the result of your mitochondria. Exactly. So <laughs> another message of, of my book and my lectures is that these 12 aspects that we um, that I dis that I um, discuss and explain in great details in my books and in my lectures, they are intimately interconnected with each other. Um, and that message means you don't need to do everything in all these 12 fields because they are interconnected. You can start in one corner and you can expect that that will influence the other 11 aspects too. And you have to find out what you are most talented to do. Not everybody is super talented to change uh, his diet from one day to the other, from eating a standard average diet to becoming super, super healthy and, and doing juicing and vegan and raw food, uh, which is not necessary for everybody, if you ask me. It is necessary that you find out what is um, the next step for you, where, where can you change your life in the most elegant and most sufficient way, in a way that fits with your per personality. 
um, so that you don't make it too difficult in the beginning. And once you start, if, if, it's, if it's easier for you to start with the physical aspect and to start to work out more intensively and to enjoy longer walks and ride your bicycle instead of being passive on the sofa, then that is maybe your first step and you will feel how that changes your mindset and you will develop new instincts that will automatically guide you to a healthier diet. But some patients start with a healthy diet and some patients start with more spiritual things like they 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 church they they join join the, the church choir and develop their artistic abilities and love the atmosphere of singing in the church choir and and from there they're changed their their life step by step so go with the flow and find out be active be curious and get started and find out what is your what is your deepest longing and what is your best talent start with what is easy not with what is the most difficult and then the the more difficult things will follow step by step. That's great advice. So many people do want to start with diet, right? They think that's a tangible thing they can get their hands around and they, they feel like they have to and they get stressed out about it. And I always like to encourage people that just, you know what, do the best you can, add some more vegetables, work on some of the other stuff. And don't forget, at least from the radical remission perspective, there are seven factors that have exactly. nothing to do with the physical body. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they do, but, you know, it's spiritual. And I have met many patients who tried very hard with the diet um, aspect as the most important one. And they, yeah. they tried to live on carrot juice only and wheatgrass juice, and it didn't work for them. It didn't show the result they, they wanted. Cancer grew despite the super, super healthy diet in inverted commas. And first, when they started to take their emotional aspects into their program, the healthy diet could show its its benefits. So it's it's interconnected. Mm -hmm. I have cancer thrivers that I have followed now for more than a decade, 15 years. In in some examples, up to 20 years. I got a call on 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 the conference in Jacksonville two weeks ago that I attended uh, from a patient who saw me on my Facebook side and she 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 greeted me and sent me her, her love. And that was a, a breast cancer patient that came to me with metastasized breast cancer some 22, 23 years ago. And she, she's a cancer thriver. She, she became a cancer coach um, through her experience with breast cancer. And now she, she has been living with a few lymph node and bone metastasis for more than 20 years in a stable disease. And um, this is not because she's on continuous chemotherapy. No, this is because she she learned to live a life that put cancer at bay and put cancer into or to turn cancer into a stable disease. And and that is that is the kind of success stories that I want to share with my patients. Yeah, learn yeah. how to live with a chronic disease that you learn to to turn around into a manageable uh, disease cancer in instability or cancer in dormancy is what i advocate for uh, in patients who who have reached stage three or stage four and, yeah so important because as a metastatic breast cancer you know stage four person myself i'm thriving i'm stable seven years so i love to hear stories like that right yes. she's made it 20 i heard somebody else has made it 30 you know i'm like I'll, that's all I need to keep going. Yeah. And it is about managing, um, I like to say managing the hell out of it, but it's a chronic disease to be managed in some cases, right? 
not everybody's disease is that easy, but some are. That's why we need an individually tailored program. Uh, That's why I tell my patients one size fits all is not a good strategy. You need an individual assessment. You need to look into your risk factors. It's toxicity in some patients, but it's very many times emotional issues and inner conflicts. And sometimes it's both. So we need to to look really deep into the biography of our patients. We need to learn about their life and what burdened them and is still burdening them. And and we need to have an individual assessment and approach. And then we have to find out how many treatments in the corner of of cancer focused anti-cancer treatments do we need? This is what classic oncology is about, and I fully respect that. Regular academic-based oncology focuses on the tumor, and it's about how to suppress tumor growth, how to kill cancer, how to suppress tumor tumor growth. Our focus is much wider. We are not only focusing on how to suppress tumor, how do we suppress what we don't want. We're at least as much interested in the question, how can we support what we want? And that is, for instance, our immune system, our self-regulation capacity, our vitality, because we have understood that cancer is not isolated and hovers in empty space. Cancer takes place inside of a very complex human organism that is influenced by emotional factors and biological factors. And at the end of the day, health is a balance. So I tell my patients, and I, I love to share that with you and, and our audience today that at the end of the day, it's about the balance. It's not about the elimination of 100% of all cancer cells in your body. Why? Because that's not possible. Nobody can eliminate 100% of cancer cells in his patient's body, not even hemato-oncologists, and they're very close to be able to do that. Leukemia is a disease where chemotherapy is very, very successful. But I learned from my hemato-oncologist colleagues that even they speak about the deep remission and the very deep remission, meaning that there are some surviving cells, even even after the most extensive and, and, and intensive chemotherapy with bone marrow transplant and everything, there are still a few remaining cells. So who takes care of these few remaining cells even after uh, very aggressive and and intensive chemotherapy? The human organism, the self-healing capacity, call it the immune system or the totality of our self-regulation capacity. So at the end of the day, health is balance and health is about coherence that we do what we do with our full intention and attention and that we don't get um, distracted and that we don't get um, weakened uh, because of conflicts. Could be an inflammatory conflict in our body, but could also be a mental conflict in our mind. So to be coherent, to focus all the forces into one direction, um, to, to make our body the vessel that we used to make our life our life and to to serve our life's intentions purpose of life yeah one of the very 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 important healing factors that i speak a lot about with my patients what is your purpose of life why do you want to get well again mm-hmm. is there a reason why do you want to continue to live yeah. and that's a hard one yeah. many patients yeah. are shocked when i ask them this question how dare you asking me about purpose of life but then they come back next day and say well, doctor, that was a very good question. Thank you for asking me that. I found out that I have hardly any purpose any longer. 
and I, I need to create a new one. Yes, I say, do that. Continue on that track and find your new purpose. And the most fascinating healing stories that I have witnessed in my life are always connected to deep spiritual changes in somebody's life. This is just an experience that I made in my life. And that's why I'm so enthusiastic about Dr. Kelly Turner's work. The Radical Remission Foundation is our nonprofit whose mission is to advance education and support scientific research on the topic of radical remissions. Researchers at Harvard have completed a pilot study to analyze the benefits of the Radical Remission Workshop and online course for cancer patients. Specifically, the research study is looking at the impact that the Radical Remission Workshop and online course may have on patients' quality of life and dietary habits. The results are currently being analyzed and are very promising. If you'd like to support the Radical Remission Foundation as we continue researching radical remissions, please consider donating an end-of-year donation at www.radicalremission.com forward slash donate. In addition to continuing the research, the Foundation will offer scholarships to those in need of financial support in order to participate in a Radical Remission Workshop. We believe that this information should be accessible to everyone who needs it. Please consider donating today at www.radicalremission.com forward slash donate. No amount is too small and every donation is appreciated. Visit RadicalRemission.com forward slash donate to learn more. Looking for a thoughtful, heartfelt gift for someone with cancer? The Radical Remission Project has partnered with woman-led small business Rest and Heal to create lovely care packages for you to send. They feature the Radical Remission and Radical Hope books alongside natural wellness products, all of which are non-toxic, and sourced from women-owned, Black-owned, and New York State businesses. We know our community is passionate about spreading the radical remission healing factors, and these care packages are a great way to get knowledge into the hands of those who need it most. Visit restandheal.com forward slash shop to purchase or learn more. That's restandheal.com forward slash shop. Okay, so thank you for all of this wonderful information, but I would love to hear a little bit more about the Arcadia Clinic. Tell us, what do you do there? What, you know, what could, what would people expect if they went to the Arcadia Clinic? Yeah, thank you. Arcadia Clinic is um, the name of our clinic here that is located in, in the center of Germany. Um, Arcadia is a word that you find in Greek mythology, and it, it's a word for paradise. It's a Greek word for paradise where men and the gods and the beliefs of the ancient Greek culture live in harmony with each other and where health is available unlimitedly. So it was a, the name for a paradise-like um, landscape in Renaissance art. There are beautiful pictures about landscapes in Arcadia that you find. Um, and uh, that inspired me to, to call my clinic Arcadia Clinic because it's about hope and harmony and living in balance. 
So we're located um, between the cities of Frankfurt and Hanover, right in the middle of Germany. Um, we are three medical doctors at the moment. The staff altogether is 25 dedicated people who work here uh, at our clinic. The clinic is located in the countryside in Germany, outside the city of Kassel, which is the closest city uh, um, that we refer to if we need um, radio diagnostics or special services at a hospital. We pick up our international guests from Frankfurt Airport. We have our own uh, shuttle taxi service and we host uh, up to 12 patients at the time. And patients stay in average three to four weeks at our um, clinic and feel more and more uh, be like being in a in a, in a familiar family-like uh, atmosphere rather than being at the hospital and that's a, a very important part of our work that we 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 allow ourselves and our guests our patients um, to come quite close to each other so we 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 follow and support our patients in three to four very intensive weeks where we get to know each other quite well and where we work on all levels. Um, patients who come to us expect at the beginning that they get treatments with botanical infusions, vitamin C, turmeric extract, mistletoe, compound pharmacy products, injectable turmeric, etc., Chinese wormwood that we um, treat them with uh, heat treatments, so-called hypothermia, oxygen, detox programs. And yes, we do all that. And you can read about that on our website or you can read about the biological treatments in my book. And what patients do not expect from the beginning is what they experience day after day in, a, in an atmosphere like the Arcadia Clinic uh, where there is no TV set around and there is no distracting program. There is a beautiful landscape around. We're located in the middle of a park and very close to the woods. Um, so we give our guests the opportunity to meet themselves and we assist them to have this experience. And this is what patients tell us in the second and the third week that was more than what they expected, that they started to, to go on an inner journey where they find more and more tools that they can um, uh, work with in order to get healthier, to, to raise their level of vitality and to work from the mental, spiritual, psychological side to empower their healing capacities. <clears throat> so it's, it's, this is my definition of a, a holistic treatment approach. Uh, we start with many biological uh, therapy aspects like detox, immune support, botanicals, local hyperthermia, magnetic field, etc. The whole spectrum, everything I learned the last 30 years that supports um, the, the body's self-healing capacity. And then we integrate um, this other aspect that is not so easy to explain in an interview, that, but easier to, ex to experience uh, if you are here and 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 stay here for a while and and um, make these inner experiences of of going through um, healing experiences. So we we create a, a place where patients can have a healing experience. I love that. Yeah, I I know a few people that have 
have come your way and they always talk about how beautiful it is and how um just what an uh an escape from you know the chaos of their life you provide there so definitely it sounds to be quite a beautiful respite for people to come and and find healing so thank you for for making that space available to the world here and being so accessible globally really to accommodate people coming to see you from a distance And then we help patients to integrate what they learned here on the way back home. So there is a follow-up uh, um, protocol. We stay in touch with our guests. We do telemedicine. We uh, do follow-ups uh, in uh, video consultations. And we provide a home care package uh, for our patients on the way back home. That's great. I know a lot of times that can be a hard part when there's a break in treatment or if someone, you know, finds remission and they go home on their own and then they're they're alone. Yeah. So I like that you still have that touch point to kind of continue the support outside of their time with you. Um, does anyone story or one case come to mind of someone that you've witnessed, you know, overcome the odds of their diagnosis? Oh, yes. Um a lady who left us uh, last Friday, who came a year and a half ago in a difficult situation of uh, a relapse of ovarian cancer. Uh, she already went through intensive, extensive uh, uh, belly surgery um, and uh, chemotherapy uh, with the standard of care, platinum based chemotherapy, which is quite a tough type of chemotherapy. And as so often, um, not many months after she um, uh, she uh, paused with her chemotherapy, she got a, a reoccurrence and her tumor markers uh, went up to, to significant elevated levels. And that's when she contacted us. And this has been now a year and a half ago. And ever since that, she never got oh well her we, we treated her we started the treatment and uh, her tumor markers went down again and this has now been the case for a year and a half where we saw smaller changes in our tumor markers but no detectable no no uh, tangible sign of a reoccurrence uh, in in uh, radio diagnostics so all we saw since we started with the treatment were ups and downs smaller ups and downs of her tumor marker no symptoms no pain no nothing tangible and half, a year and a half have passed and she thrives and changed quite a bit of her life the way she looks at life the way she looks at at um the quality of life that she got from treatments that do not interfere with her quality of life um, only interfere in a positive way and showing her new aspects of what she can develop in her life, which she, which she did quite a bit. So one in the, one, a, a year and a half stability from reoccurrent um, ovarian cancer without using toxic chemotherapy is a good story that I like to share with you. Um, the, and many more of in, in her category, there are no two patients alike. Um, Maybe another one, a patient who I saw today, um, peritoneal carcinosis from colon cancer 10 years ago. Peritoneal carcinosis means widespread cancer cells in the inner part of the abdomen from colon cancer. That's uh, 
a common late stage symptom of cancer and the prognosis is normally in the months, not in the years. Uh, and I saw this gentleman today and when I saw him the first time, it was uh, 10 years ago. So he recovered totally from peritoneal carcinosis and developed a new um, little uh, cancerous polyp in his um, gross intestines that was surgically removed. So that was the reason why he came back after 10 years. And 10 years ago, he was here for treatments for peritoneal carcinosis. That's a story that I love to share because the ones who know how difficult it is to get um, uh, widespread cancer in the abdominal cavity back to remission will acknowledge that this is a spectacular case. Yeah, they'll find that very inspiring indeed. And, you know, 10 years, that's awesome. If he was given months, wow, that's a huge difference for people. And for him, it was a lot about changing his diet. Mm. He learned a new diet when he was at my clinic 10 years ago, and we treated him with botanical infusions, vitamin C, artesanate, Chinese wormwood, etc., uh, hyperthermia, magnetic field, oxygen therapies. Uh, but his diet was not very good. In fact, it was a very bad diet and he was overweight and he ate SED, standard American diet, which is um, far, too far too much carbs and fat and red meat. So he changed his diet completely um, and uh, adopted a, a vegetarian uh, diet and that became his lifestyle. And I'm sure that that changed a lot and contributed to the fantastic result of a complete remission of a peritoneal carcinosis. And, and as we all know, these, these, these are difficult, multifaceted cases of cancer. And so it requires multifaceted approaches to healing. So exactly. Um, yeah. So you can't do just one thing and expect it to, to change. Um, thank you for sharing that. So I know that you lost your mother to cancer. Did you also lose your father to cancer? Yes, both of my parents died from cancerous diseases. My mother at the age of 54, which was, of course, very, very sad. And it seemed like 30 years too early. Uh, I, I was on the way to, to uh, leave medical school. And when she died, I just got my medical license. I, I was uh, 26 years at that time uh, to move back home and take care of my dying mother. And when she passed away, she was uh, 54 years of age. So her breast cancer story was four years from the first diagnose to her death from liver metastasis and finally liver failure. Whereas my father, um, developed lymph lymphoma and that was diagnosed at the age of 78 and mm -hmm. he lived another 10 years um, and at that time I already had some knowledge about complementary oncology it's not so easy to treat your father father mm. is not an easy patient <laughs> but um, despite all the, the love we had for each other, um, my father did not do everything I recommended him to do. Um, and I totally understand that, um, that, that, um, that is not so easy for a father to adopt all the, the recommendations. Sure. Yeah. I, I, I had the, the honor and the pleasure to assist him in his, in his way to get, um, along with this disease much better than what his oncologist told him what what his prognosis was his prognosis was to live two to three years uh, with a fairly aggressive um, lymphoma 
and we made 10 years out of that. So he finally died at the age of 88 and had a good life and a good quality of life uh, until the last, I would say, the last three weeks were, were not that easy. He developed ascites and he had uh, liver failure at the end of his life. But uh, I'm proud that we, I contributed to a 10 year survival of uh, uh, an aggressive lymphoma instead of the prognosticized two to three years. Yeah. And dying at the age of 88, seems to be a little easier than dying at the age of 54. So yes, both of my parents died from cancer, but in, in totally different scenarios. Yeah. And so what does that mean for you? How do you then ensure your own health and longevity? <laughs> well, good question. I try to integrate as much as possible from the, tw from the 10 healing factors. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Well, yeah. So, um, well, I did not change my diet radically because I, I believe I, I, I almost more or less uh, ate a healthy diet. Um, there is space for improvement, but I'm, um, I'm quite blessed with, with uh, living with a healthy diet. But uh, what, I, what I learned in my life as an adult and that journey started at the age of maybe 18, 19, 20 is to work with these spiritual, mental, psychological uh, factors that I finally found in Kelly Turner's book. So again, it did not surprise me that Dr. Turner found them. Um, uh, I said, yes, of course, that has to be the truth. Yeah? If you deepen your spirituality, if you learn how to, how to express suppressed emotions, if you embrace social support, if you find the purpose of life, that has to be a very strong uh, health factor uh, in your life. So in a way, I, I always was around these 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 healing factors or I, I I have I have lived with them ever since I can remember that I'm that I'm living in a, 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 a life with some consciousness about myself and awareness about about what is important in my life. And as I said, I, I, I made the, the experience of and the, the um, yeah, the experience of meeting Dr. Carl Simonton 23 years ago, who told the same truth already. Uh, um, so purpose of life, emotional um, flexibility, stress and relaxation in balance, um, social support, spiritual aspects of life have ever always been a part of my, of my, my life. And so I continue to integrate them. Um, and, uh, what I, what I have to learn or to, to, to emphasize a little more is physical activity. Uh, it has never been my, my talent to be an athlete. Um, um, but, uh, that, that is something that, what, that I can do a little more of. Uh, and, um, so uh, this is an aspect that I did that I definitely can, can uh, improve in my life a little more. And the book inspires me, the radical hope book that introduces the 10th healing factor, physical activity inspired me to look a little more for my, um, physical activity and do more workouts and, and be physically active. Um, but that's great. It's good I, to know I, you're human and that you struggle with some of this yeah. too. <laughs> Before we uh, wrap up, we just wanted to ask a couple of, of final questions. One of them, um, is there an, anything else as an experienced healer that you would share with someone who is newly diagnosed? 
My recommendation for everybody who's newly diagnosed is sit down and learn more about your disease and your treatment possibilities. Don't rush into a treatment that you're not that you don't feel informed about. It's rare that you need to rush into a treatment. I mean, there are medical situations that we call emergencies. And of course, I can't say anything about emergencies, but because if you are in an emergency, you need to follow your doctor's advice, full stop, period. But let's say that the new diagnosis is a lump in somebody's breast or, or a skin ulcer or a Mm, an elevated PSA level that indicates that your prostate might have developed prostate cancer. Um, you definitely have days, if not a couple of weeks to take in more information about your possibilities. Um, and because of the fact that most regular oncologists in big oncology clinics in Western world hospitals are not so well interested and informed about holistic treatments, my recommendation is to also see a naturopathic therapist, health coach, cancer coach, naturopathic, holistic doctor parallel to your treatments or to your primary doctor that might be an oncologist. So, and that is why I wrote the book. The book is to inspire patients to widen their understanding of what's going on in their body when they were told it's cancer and to see the many difficult things that you can do and that it is not only surgery, radiation and chemotherapy. Surgery is in most cases what I recommend my patients to do. After a careful staging and, and a careful um, examination of the situation. Um, and the rest needs to be discussed on an individual basis. And the key word is to look for a good risk benefit ratio. Every therapy you um, might consider taking needs to have a good risk benefit ratio. You want to have a good benefit and not too many risk factors involved as the side effects or the downsides of the therapy. So if your risk is that you might die within the next weeks or months from the disease, if you don't treat it, you need to take action very fast. But if that risk is low, if it's more a slow growing cancer, then you can balance uh, the risks and the pros and cons and have more time and find your treatment that fits your personality and your expectations and your, your personal expectations better uh, than the standard approach. Um, and that is my daily work to assist patients to find their individual approach to better health and to overcome the disease. And, and I'm an integrative medical doctor. That means I fully acknowledge the benefits of standard therapies. And I very often encourage my patients to, to do some of the standard therapies, but I also tell them what they can do alongside or on top of it uh, and how they can reduce the risk of a reoccurrence, for instance, after a successful uh, a surgical intervention. So that is where the individual aspect comes in and where I, I act as an individual cancer uh, advisor, cancer doctor, cancer coach, 
Um, and and um, the book is an inspiration for my patients to show what is possible. And so please find somebody that helps you um, to understand about all the treatment possibilities and look for a radical remission teacher that shows you uh, how you can integrate these 10 uh, healing factors in your life. Yeah, we love to help people do that. But definitely your book, Holistic Cancer Medicine, Integrative Strategies for a New Approach to Health and Healing, is a good place to start for people to learn and to get an idea of what they can be doing. But also Radical Hope, very inspiring and a quick and easy read or a nice listen from Dr. Turner. So as we wrap, how can our lister, listeners get more wisdom from, from Dr. Henning? Where can they connect with you? Well, you can contact uh, our secretaries um, and look about, uh, look for our website or Kadia Praxis Clinic in Germany. You might maybe uh, send a link um, to the audience. Yep. Um, yep. The book is available everywhere on, in every bookstore online or in your bookstore in your in your uh, hometown. Um, if you look for my name on YouTube, there are many lectures that are now available on YouTube from conferences where I gave presentations. My next uh, live presentation in the United States will be in West Palm Beach um, next February 2024 at the Any Seed Project conference uh, end of February in West Palm Beach. Yeah, great. And um, your your book is now in German. Well, it started in German and now it's in English. Is that, those the two languages it's available yes, in? Yes, and there is a third uh, uh, translation now on the market that uh, uh, a couple of months ago, the Dutch version oh, good. translated. So if there are any Dutch speaking people amongst us here, there is a Dutch version available on Amazon too. And we're working on more translations. So step by step, uh, we will translate the book into more uh, languages. And um, last not least, if you want to have a personal consultation with me, send a re your request um, to my secretaries uh, uh, per email. And we offer you a video consultation uh, after having sent you our questionnaire and um, looked through your medical files. So we have a, a, a structured procedure on how to take in new patients. And it starts with the patient's request by email to our secretary's info at Arcadia Praxis. You find that link on our website too. And then my secretary takes care of your request and uh, organizes a video consultation with me or my colleagues. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Dr. Henning. It was such a pleasure to talk to you today. Thank you, Caroline. Thank you, Liz, for, for the work you do and um, all the best for the continuation and the growth of the radical remission movement. I'm so proud to be a part of it. And thank you for listening to the Radical Remission Project, Stories That Heal podcast. Once again, I'm Kelly A. Turner, PhD, cancer researcher and founder of the Radical Remission Project. If you found today's episode inspiring, we encourage you to share it with anyone you think would benefit. If you'd like more information about the Radical Remission Project or would like some support bringing the 10 Radical Remission healing factors into your own life, visit us at RadicalRemission.com to find a certified Radical Remission health coach or to learn about an upcoming Radical Remission workshop. And if you'd like to connect with Liz or Carla directly for health coaching, you can visit RadicalRemission.com 
forward slash about us. Most importantly, be sure to like, share, and please, please, please review this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Your reviews are what allow us to keep finding sponsors and sponsors are what allow us to keep bringing you these podcasts. So thank you in advance for your reviews. One last thing, would you like to be on our podcast? If you're a radical remission survivor who's been in remission for at least three years, meaning that you either have stable or dormant disease, or perhaps even no evidence of disease, you can contact us at radicalremission.com forward slash podcast. The Stories That Heal podcast is a production of the Radical Remission Project and Cat Productions, hosted by Liz Curran and Carla Mansgeroux, produced by Ryan Giroux, music by Batchbug. Follow The Stories That Heal wherever you get your podcasts.